Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of No Doubt, where we will look at current events, people, and everyday issues and language from a Shin Buddhist perspective, and then talk about in-depth points that delve more deeply into the doctrine of this tradition. My name is Takashi Miyagi and I will be your host. Let's get started. So today's question uh, for the first segment will be, how do we deal with racism and social uh, and social inequality? Well, some of the things, um, as you may already know, in, in um, 2020, uh, what is this, June, month of June, from May to June, um, there's been a lot of uh, kind of distress and uh, instability going on in this country. Um, and it, it kind of was sparked by the incident with George Floyd, as you all already know. Um, and from there, there's been um, just uh, a lot of things to talk about in terms of racial inequality and uh, how uh, black people have been treated, minorities have been treated uh, in this country uh, throughout this, the, this country's history. And so um, in order to kind of... Um, put in the Jodo Shinshu perspective, um, I, I feel like it, this is uh, kind of a good opportunity to um, see where we stand and see where Jodo Shinshu uh, Buddhism might uh, stand on this issue and what does it have to say. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but the uh, Buddhist Churches of America um, has uh, put out a couple statements on this. And I do kind of want to take up uh, one statement that was put out by the Ministers Association. Um, and in one part of the, um, the, the statement, um, it reads as follows, quote, Buddhists are not immune from racism. The insidious influence of racism is learned from many sources, usually unconsciously. It is important for us as Jodo Shinshu Buddhists to engage in self-reflection and to be open to finding this racism within ourselves as well as within our temples, end quote. So uh, what this says is, uh, um, is actually uh, at first glance, it's, or to the person who is unfamiliar with this tradition, uh, that's, that's a pretty outlandish statement or that's a pretty kind of um, uh, in-your-face kind of statement. Uh, the part that I want to underscore is the part where it says, uh, we, and to be open to finding this racism within ourselves finding this racism within ourselves. Here in America, we don't really like to address the fact that we might harbor thoughts of discrimination within our own hearts, whether that discrimination is towards other minorities, towards other genders, towards people of other sexual orientations, uh, etc., etc. Um, but these are thoughts that come up in every single person. And this is something that uh, Jodo Shinshi Buddhism is very keen on and, and, and very, uh, um, uh, very explicit about talking about. There is racism within ourselves. There are thoughts of discrimination within our own hearts. Rather than to find fault within others, we have to first and foremost look within our own hearts and see those parts within ourselves. 
These thoughts of discrimination are derived from what we call blind passions in Jodo Shinshi Buddhism or attachments in Buddhism in general. So we have thoughts uh, that we are better than others, separate from others, right? That we are somehow part of a chosen select few. And, and I understand this. So, you know, we all, we all want this, right? We all want to be a part of that secret club, right? That secret society, uh, the Masons, the Skull and Bones, or what have you, right? Um, where we are, where we feel like we are the cho chosen select few. And add to the fact that uh, one has wealth, equity, property, clout, reputation, etc., etc. These all add to the conditioning of the self that this I, quote unquote, right? is somehow special and better than others. And so what we do is we, we create divisions. Um, and we, we've done this uh, since time immemorial, right? We're conditioned to kind of categorize things, right? We categorize them in relation to us. We decide uh, what is right and wrong, what is good and bad, uh, according to our whims, according to our conveniences. Um, so this is um, this is the definition of uh, bombu, uh, what we call bombu in Japanese or uh, Jodo Shinshi Buddhism. Bombu literally translates to the ordinary person or the foolish person, but it has a specific definition. And what that definition means or is, is that based on our blind passions that we harbor within our hearts, we um, filter everything through this. Uh, self, right? We filter everything in relation to this self, right? So right and wrong, good and bad, black and white, uh, beneficial or non-beneficial, these are all uh, uh, decided uh, and judged upon according to our, uh, our own karmic past and our own blind passions. So in, reg in regards to morality, Shin Buddhism agrees, I think, a lot with relativism in many ways, right? That is to say that there is no fix, fixed good or bad, right or wrong, good and evil. Rather, these things are decided by uh, the individuals, all right? And, the, and in Buddhism, the understanding is that it's decided by our blind passions or our ego attachments. So when it comes to race, then, we have thoughts about others and, and how we are better than others. These are natural feelings that come up within ourselves, right? Um, uh, Asians are, you know, uh, they're racist against other Asians, right? Or Asians against black people, right? Or uh, uh, we even have thoughts of racism against one's own ethnicity, right? I'm, I'm Japanese, right? And my background is Japanese. And, and sometimes I think to myself, you know, why are Japanese people like this and this and that? Or why can't they do this better and, and, and whatnot, right? So, and this all stems from what is collectively called ignorance, right? Uh, and why is it, you know, that we laugh at racist jokes, right? I think a lot of the mentality today is that we have to be able to laugh at ourselves and that gives us the right to laugh at others. Um, I don't know if you know the television show South Park, but uh, South Park seems to have that kind of mentality. Uh, but these these racist jokes are, are nevertheless speaking to a feeling we all harbor within ourselves. 
And if we didn't understand those racist sentiments, we wouldn't laugh, right? But we do, right? So we all have these thoughts that arise within us, right? So what, do, what is it that we do with these thoughts then? That's where I think the discussion um, has to take place. As Buddhists, we have to recognize that we all have this kind of ignorance. All of us, period, right? No one is an exception to this rule. Just like human sexuality, no one is exempt from dealing with this issue. We are all ignorant, and that's what we all have to face up to. And Buddhism, or Buddhists, I should say, are the first to recognize this. Okay, And that is why this religion is awesome. <laughs> like, uh, that is why this religion is great, because it begins with the self. And, but when we honestly and, and sincerely address this problem of our own ignorance, we can move from there in contributing to a society that recognizes, forgives, and seeks cooperation between peoples. But make, make no mistake, you know, we all have to recognize that we all harbor ignorance in some way, shape, or form, you know? I'm not talking about ignorance like, um, I don't know how to do calculus, right? Or I don't know um, social theory on this, that, or another, right? I'm talking about ignorance in, in specifically in this way where we feel like we are better than others. And, and, and this idea that we are somehow in the right or that we are in uh, uh, the state of righteousness all the time, right? But what makes you a racist or a misogynist, a sexist, or how we treat those with physical or mental disabilities, right? What have you, is not the thoughts or feelings uh, that well up in you. Right? It's what you do with those thoughts that make your actions racist, that make your actions sexist or misogynistic, etc. If you recognize you have thoughts of racism, and let's say you are a judge, and you implement public policy that persecutes minority groups unfairly, right? Then that makes you, yeah, a racist, right? When you say, on the other hand, wait a minute, I have these, you know, these these thoughts of discrimination that well up within me, right? These these thoughts of racist 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 thoughts that come up within my heart. But because I recognize that these are the limitations stemming from my own ignorance. I know I have to be careful about implementing policy that emulates equality in the eyes of the law as best as I can. Right? This is one example of how not to be a racist, how not to engage in racist acts. Right? But you see, you, you can be empowered in that way, right? Unless you, you can't, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be empowered in that way unless you first recognize your own limitations and ignorance. This country suffers a great deal, I think, because it fails to recognize its own ignorance. And this has nothing to do with like left or right, liberal, conservative, and everything in between, right? We all have ignorance, okay? All of us, period, right? Whatever po uh, political, uh, stance that you have, whatever religion you are a part of, or maybe not a part of, right? 
whatever ideology that you believe in, right? In Buddhism, everyone has ignorance. And when we awaken to this understanding, of course, this understanding that is prompted by Amida Buddha's teachings or the Buddha Dharma, then we tap into humanity. And this humanity is something I will go more into more detail in the second segment. But it, uh, when we uh, engage in self-reflection prompted by the Buddha Dharma or Amida Buddha's teachings, that is when we can tap into uh, this humanity. So um, black lives matter, right? And all lives won't matter unless or until black lives do. Why? Because when I recognize my own ignorance when it comes to racist thoughts or discriminative thoughts, I come to understand that we are all a part of a great dynamic reality that embraces all beings. But until I recognize that these parts that I do not want to see exist within myself, until I stop pointing the finger at other people and stop and look at myself and realize that the problem starts with me, then we will never have the proper conversation to move forward as a people. As I said before, and I'll say it again, in Buddhism, the problem is always about this. in the second segment and here uh, today I think I, I will take on the issue of Shin Buddhist ethics. So Shin Buddhist ethics is such a wide topic and my dissertation was spent researching this area. Um, I'll talk about this over the course of many episodes but all the different topics um, all come down to a few basic points about Shin Buddhism and this is kind of what I want to do as like a starter um, to this whole um, um, issue of Shin Buddhist ethics is to kind of talk about like the one uh, main point about Shin Buddhist ethics. You know, it's kind of like uh, uh, like cooking many Japanese dishes. You know, it all comes down to basically hondashi, meeting, and sake. And after after that, it's a matter of what kind of vegetables or meat you put in there, or you know how long you cook the meat and and vegetables or whatnot, but those are the basic ingredients you need in order to make a Japanese dish. Um, I'm not a cook, but this is something that um, someone told me uh, at one point, um, so uh, take it or leave it. But uh, So the basic uh, approach to Shin Buddhist ethics is uh, what I call the negation of the self. Um, when the self becomes negated, one awakens to the world of true reality, of oneness, or the world of Amida Buddha's wisdom and compassion. 
When one comes to this understanding, um, please note that one cannot become this truth yet, right? But when one comes to this understanding that this is the way the world actually operates, then one sees that true reality is much more than being just about this self, right? It's much more than just about accruing a bunch of stuff for myself, uh, uh, aggrandizing the self and um, becoming this great big ego uh, self, right? It's much more than this, right? And so this is the basis for Xing Buddhist ethics to come to this reality that is far more important than uh, oneself. In the case of uh, Shinan Shoning, he goes to Mount Hiei and practices for 20 years. Okay, this is on, on uh, in, at Endekuji. So um, uh, he practices Tendai Buddhism at Mount Hiei for 20 years. Um, so I don't know if you know the, the landscape of Kyoto, Japan, but there's the city of Kyoto and then um, to the east of it, there's um, Mount Hiei. So uh, Mount Hiei is overlooking the city of Kyoto, but it's also separate from um, the secular uh, city life, right? Um, and so you're secluded in the mountains and you're um, practicing um, Buddhism. You're practicing the different practices in order to um, uh, attain a state of enlightenment. So Shinan tries very hard to attain enlightenment, uh, which means he tries to be a perfect human being, right? He practices and uh, polishes and uh, engages in different arduous uh, tasks in order to try to perfect his uh, self to become an enlightened person, a person who is able to understand why humanity suffers and, uh, and the key, uh, the answer to this suffering. But um, he's unable to find the answer, and he cannot attain enlightenment after 20 years. So he literally gives up and comes down the mountain. And that act of coming down the mountain itself is symbolic of the utter failure that uh, he must have felt that he was. It's symbolic of the sinking of his, his heart. But it, it's in the midst of this low that he attains a dream vision um, while he's in the city uh, of Kyoto, right? Um, and he attains a dream vision to go out and seek the person by the name of Honen, um, who lived in the Kurodani section of the Higashiyama district, which is Eastern Kyoto. And for those who don't know where this is, it's, it's, um, uh, it's in Kyoto, the, the city, the old capital, right? The center, of bureaucracy and secular life. So it's in this low that Shindan hears the teaching of Amida Buddha's other power and then has a turning of the heart, which we call Eshin in Japanese, and he finds his humanity. And what do I mean by this humanity? Well, um, he taps into uh, this uh, underlying kind of dynamic reality that uh, embraces all sentient beings. So just to uh, give you an example, in the Shoshinge, uh, which uh, is written by Shinan Shonin, and this is, I'm referring to the CWS on page 70, uh, at the top, towards the top, he states, quote, they're like waters that, on entering the ocean, 
become one in taste with it. End quote. So I'll say it again. Quote, they are like waters that on entering the ocean become one in taste with it. End quote. So um, basically what this is saying is imagine that let's say there is a bunch of different kinds of rivers, okay? Uh, and one is like fairly straight and it's um, uh, not torrentious. It's, uh, it's very calm and it leads up to the, river, uh, to the ocean. There's another river that's kind of windy and uh, it's got a lot of rapids. And then that also leads into the ocean. And then there's another one that's, um, I don't know, maybe straight, but it's it's got a lot of rapids, right? And then let's say that there's another one that's extremely windy and it's very, very long, but it's very, very calm and tranquil all the way to the ocean, right? But all of these different rivers, whatever different qualities that they might have, all come and join up to the one ocean. And when it does, it becomes one in taste with that ocean. And so what that's basically saying is that every single individual might be different, tall, short, black, white, different races, right? Uh, this kind of personality, that kind of personality, blah, 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 right? But in the end, we are all a part of this one um, common denominator that unites us all, which is humanity, right? But um, this humanity is a specific has a specific definition, which we as Jodo Shinshu Buddhists call the world of great compassion, the world of great compassion. And um, I, I will talk about that more uh, in depth at some other uh, time, but um, suffice it to say that the, the dynamic reality that connects all human beings is the common denominator that unites all sentient beings. So I refer to this um, sometimes as the um, universal fellowship or the uh, the solidarity of humanity or these kinds of phrases that I, that I tend to use. But it's basically getting at um, the world of, or I guess in, 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 in general Buddhism, a lot of the word, uh, a lot of Buddhists are using the word oneness um, and and that is something another term that is being used a lot to understand this dynamic reality that unites and connects all people the the idea of oneness um, so another uh, example that I can give uh, that I give at a lot of these uh, a lot of the Dharma talks is um, life with a lowercase L and life with a capital case L of course, this isn't something that I made up, right? This is something that I was taught as well, and that I'm just, you know, sharing this. Um, but life with a lowercase l is our own individual lives, right? Each each one of us that lives our life is uh, the lowercase l one. But when we awaken to the greater reality, the dynamic reality that that connects all sentient beings, we tap into what is called great life, or just life with a capital L, right? And what that means then is that little life and big life, right, are connected in one, right? And that our own uh, lives become this authentic path into awakening to the greater reality 
called great life right the capital l life so our own lives right is is essential is absolutely necessary in order to come to this understanding of great life in order to come to this understanding that it was more uh that it was a it was it was not just about me and my own uh, little individual life, right? It was it was all about coming to this understanding that we awaken to a greater reality that connects all lives together. But to in order to get to that understanding, um, that we have to awaken to a greater reality that is beyond just ourself. Well, you in a sense have to overcome the self, right? Because the self becomes the greatest hurdle in order in, in uh, that blocks you from understanding um, this greater reality. Um, it's it's very ironic, right? That uh, you have to in order to understand humanity, you have to overcome your own humanness. You have to overcome. In other words, you have to overcome your own limitations as a self. And in order to do that, then. Um, there, what has to take place is a uh, self-reflection and a self-reflection that is not prompted by you. It is prompted by the Buddha Dharma. It is prompted by Amida Buddha's calling. In the um, one of the wasan, uh, where it's it's these uh, these poems that he's written that he composes. Uh, and it's called in Japanese the Hitan Jukaiki, where he kind of reflects on and laments his self nature. He writes, quote, Although I take refuge in the pure land, true pure land way, it is hard to have a true and sincere mind. This self is false and insincere. I completely lack a pure mind. End quote. And later he writes, Quote, each one of us, or each of us, in outward bearing, makes a show of being wise, good, and dedicated. But so great are greed, anger, perversity, and deceit, that we are filled with all forms of malice and cunning, end quote. So Shinan is being brutally honest with himself here. He's saying that he, he, he has greed, he has feelings of anger, he has feelings of ignorance that are strong with him within him that uh, nothing that he does is of truth and sincerity right even when he looks at when he says that he looks at himself right he's um, he's not being sincere about it right and in the face of others even worse he makes it look like he's this great all-knowing person this smart and wise person that's humble and nice to everybody right but deep down inside he has these feelings of malice and cunning right and it's 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 when he writes like this it is just absolutely astounding at how brutally honest he is with himself he is with himself and when I read this when I hear this I mean that's that's me in a nutshell you know that's those are feelings that I feel every day of my life you know so when I read this it's like it's Shinan Shonin is, is really you know uh, understanding where I come from understanding what I'm all about and the, these are things that I identify with him and in his writing. Um, so what is interesting is that when when Shinan comes to the limitation of his understanding, right? In other words, when he comes to the understanding that he cannot be a perfect person, 
that he cannot become a full person who has no flaws, no blind passions, no attachments, when he realizes he can never attain this perfect state. That is the moment. That is the precise moment in which he becomes the most human. It's not fake humility either. You know, where, you know, where people compliment you and you're like, no, no, I'm not smart or no, no, I'm not good looking, et cetera, et cetera, right? But really deep down inside, you think you are those things, right? It's not that. It's way past that. Shinnan really feels he is a person who is incapable of grasping and understanding truth, grasping and becoming perfect. And when he comes to this understanding, which is prompted by Amida Buddha's teaching, that is when he taps into true reality. That is, that is uh, Jodo Shinshu Buddhism right there. Uh, one example that I might, um, that might help, uh, I don't know if this will help or not, but it might, uh, is the movie Terminator 2. Uh, I don't know if you know this movie, but I was a big, big fan of this movie. Everybody in my generation is a big, big fan of this movie. It's either this or uh, Back to the Future. But anyway, um, Terminator 2, great movie. Um, there is this final scene at the end where John Connor and the Terminator, who is this robot, right, this android, uh, and Sarah Connor's there. And they uh, have to get rid of the Terminator, who is, you know, nice to them. And he was a good guy in this movie. But, um, and then the Terminator, and see, so John Connor's like crying his eyes out, right? And then, so then uh, the Terminator looks to him and says, and he says, I, I know now why you cry. Oh, well, uh, in the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I know now why you cry, right? Get down, get out of here. No, but uh, Benny, I'm coming for you. Get to the chopper. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's the wrong movie. But uh, anyway, he says, he says, I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do. And uh, um, that's a really powerful, you know, statement, right? In other words, the Terminator now knows it can never become human, right? But it is in this moment of hitting the limitation of his self that the Terminator becomes aware of the world of humanity. In other words, it is in realizing that he cannot become human, that he becomes human, right? Isn't that awesome? Like the, this robot cannot understand what it is to be a rob uh, human, right? But it is in realizing that he cannot become human, in which he expresses the most emotion, in which he becomes and taps into the world of what it is to be human, right? So there is this, it is in coming to this fine line, the difference between uh, A and not A, right? That you become something that you cannot become. In other words, it is in realizing that he cannot be human, that Shinan Shonin becomes and taps into this world of humanity. Much in the same way, you know, we do the same thing. It is not being able to break away from this state of delusion, or I'm sorry, it is in not being able to break away from this state of delusion, the human condition in which we are bound within our blind passions that we create our suffering because of our attachments. And when we realize that we cannot resolve the problem of the self, when we awaken to the limitation of the self, that 
is the moment in which we tap into true humanity. It is the humanity that is embraced by Amida Buddha's compassion. It is great compassion. True humanity is great compassion. And that is why in Shin Buddhism we say the phrase, we are embraced in Amida Buddha's great compassion. When we become the least human, we become the most human. When the neg negation of the self takes place, there is the affirmation of the true self. Of course, this switch in gears is not possible without Amida Buddha's great compassion, right? So when, when we tap into this humanity, the great common denominator, great life with a capital L, it no longer is about the self. We are limited human beings and we will always live with our blind passions until the day that we die. But now we know it's not just about us. Now we know there is a world that I was actually living within. Now it's not just about me. Now it's about everyone. And in this teaching, there will come a day where we will all understand and become this truth. So the basis of Shin Buddhist ethics lies in tapping into this humanity. It's the humanity that Shinran was able to immerse himself within. And it is what became his foundation to be able to be the spiritually authentic person that he came to be. In the same way, we can aspire to be our spiritually authentic selves that contributes to the spread of Amida Buddha's great compassion. So that'll do it for us today. Uh, in the first uh, segment, we talked about race relations and um, how do we deal uh, with um, racism that is plaguing and has been plaguing this country for how many hundreds of years now, but uh, has welled up into a very uh, unstable situation right now. And uh, as Jodo Shinshi Buddhists, we have to remember that we have ignorance within our own hearts. And that ignorance means uh, can, can manifest itself in forms of discrimination such as racism, misogyny, sexism, etc., etc. And that we all have these feelings within ourselves and to be honest with those feelings. And it's not to validate them or it's not to say that those feelings are okay, but it is to say that we have those feelings and that we have ignorance within ourselves. And when we recognize that, then we take the proper step forward in order to have a discussion of being able to uh, cooperate and being able to live in a society that looks out for one another. And in the second segment, we talked about what humanity is. Humanity is to uh, tap into the uh, greater dynamic reality that embraces all sentient beings. And we call this Amida Buddha's great compassion. Uh, this is what is meant by humanity, and Shinran Shonin comes to this humanity through deep self-reflection of the self and its limitations. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of No Doubt. I am your host, Takashi Miyagi. As the Master Shandao states, quote, May we together awaken the Bodhi mind and be born in the realm of serenity and joy. End quote. Take care, Dharma friends. Until next time, Namo Amidabas. Thank you.